Hello, and welcome back to the Matron Saint of Nightmares podcast. Uh, I am the Acolyte. And I am the Matron. Uh, this time, we've watched Alien and Aliens. Yes, Alien 1, Alien 2. Yeah, it was great. Um, we tried to watch Alien. Want to come down? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> we tried watching Alien once a, a couple months ago, and um, it, it just wasn't the right. Wasn't movie. the right time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we actually watched Alien the week before, and then Aliens last night, um, just to kind of maybe do a double feature type of thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So, what do you think? I think it's. First of all, like we talked about earlier, I think it held up. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of the older movies that we watch, you know, there's something with, like, either, like, the effects or, like, something in, like, just, like, the movie that kind of detaches us, I think, removes us a little bit more yeah. from the movie. And I feel like Alien and Aliens both, like, those aliens are scary, man. Yeah. They held up that 1979 kind of, like... Yeah, the thing worked. Yeah, it definitely had a very seventies feel. Mm-hmm. The the first one, because it's the way they talked and even their the dudes' beards and like, <laughs> yeah, the way like they the style. looked. Yeah, the style was very seventies, and that the the aliens had um, some of the dialogue. You know, <laughs> where, yeah. where I, one part when the second one, one of them is like, "And you can kiss that something goodbye." Oh and I yeah. Was like, who what? says that anymore? <laughs> lot, like, I would never say that in a serious. Yeah. <laughs> you can kiss this deal goodbye. Know. You know? Um, but yeah, it was, the first one was a banger. It, banger. It, 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 it's, it's, it's scary. Um, and my, I'm, I'm going to stick with my theory <laughs> is that you don't actually see much of the xenomorph or the aliens. Then for the whole movie and so it, it keeps this like creepiness of like you're scared of what you don't see or what you can't see or what you don't know I think yeah and I think that also helps it like stay up to date mm-hmm. too right because we're not seeing like right. this outdated version of like what a scary alien would look right. like right and the second one had you know you're ba- they're battling multiple of the xenomorphs mm-hmm. and so it then kind of with that decision I think it shifts it more into a action movie yeah Type of sci-fi horror, um, whereas the first one was definitely more like sci-fi horror rather than yeah. a whole lot of action. Yeah, I don't think that the second one um, was very scary. I think it was more action-based. I totally agree with that. The first one was kind of freaky. Um, I really like. Uh, I mean, I'm just joining like a, a legion of people, but I love Sigourney Weaver's character in the movie. Yeah. Um, the movie was originally supposed to have the main character be a man, mm-hmm. um, and she was able to come in and like take that over. And yeah. it was a portrayal of a woman. Yeah. That was very strong and wasn't, you know, the typical portrayal of how women are seen. Yeah. I I do think the second one kind of fell into a little bit of like some motherly or maternal tropes. Sure. Um, but I think, and I also think that the some of the other actors or some of the other characters kind of fell into some like some kind of like racial tropes a little bit yeah um yeah but i think other than that it was a 
like a very a very good story. Yeah. And I like in, in Alien how they um, they use time as kind of like a scary thing, which I appreciated. Like they let it kind of burn slow. Yeah. And you didn't really know what was going on, which made right. it a little bit more freaky. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that. Yeah. But I think like a really interesting thing about it is kind of how people, I mean, it's what we often talk about um, in this podcast, which is like how people can survive situations, but also how can they keep functioning Yeah. when they're in like intense stress um, with kind of no end in sight. Yeah. And I, one of the amazing things about this movie is like, spoiler alert, obviously, <laughs> if you haven't seen it yet, <laughs> you know, um, Sigourney Weaver survives, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, so. <laughs> just to, just to touch back real quick, even yeah. about when you were mentioning that the uh, Ripley character was originally written for a man, um, I remember noting to you last night. I you know I think I said I really appreciate, especially in the second movie. I think it shows a little more, but like she, I think the actress is great, but I think she's written well because she is a strong woman, and I think in the second movie is con- contrasted by. Um, Vasquez, mm-hmm. right? Who's this like? Also a strong woman. Yeah, like heavy gunner class. Like if you play video games, right? Yeah. Kind of like, she's a tank, right? And she embodies more of a masculine, masculinized, I think, um, female lead or female right. character. Right. And I think that's strong in a way, for yeah. sure. And I, I think it serves well to contrast Ripley, mm-hmm. who is a strong female lead, but. I think it's done in a little more of a feminine way. Well, yeah. there is a feminine sort of uh, approach to it, and and I think that was like beautifully done. Yeah, um, I think so too. And uh, and it was good. it's cool to see, right? Because it's not just that. Oh, women who are tough need to show toughness like men do. Right. Right. And of women course, can I think be tough in a different way. Yeah, and yeah. I think the Vasquez character does that well. Yeah. And 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 she often is you know, leading the pack in whatever, you know, and, and, and I think that's great. But, yeah, so I, th- I think they balance that quite well in both movies. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. I think um, there was, like, a little bit with, like, the Vasquez character that felt a little tropey to me as, oh, like, yeah. a, you know, yeah. like a, like, as a Latinx person that was... Right. Had a certain stereotypical kind of... Yeah, had a bit of an accent. Right, and person, like... And way that they relate to people. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I thought, and I, I also really liked, it's an interesting transition from the first movie where they are like commercial um, workers, right? They're not, Yeah. it's not, nece- they're not necessarily like acting like military members, right? Yeah. And they're not. And then in the second movie where she gets kind of attached to like a military unit, Ripley does, it's interesting that, you know, she has a rank in that attachment. So it makes me think, I wonder, like, what the relationship between, like, the commercial movement and the military is and how much, like, these folks from the company, quote-unquote, like, the company that's making these decisions about the alien, I wonder, like, if there is a delineation between public and private there. And the reason why I'm asking that is because I think it's, it's an interesting question because they make decisions based on like cost effectiveness a lot and not like, you know, how to keep the crew alive. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that is the story of, 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 uh, the new world, right. Or whatever it is. Right. Cause it was, 
it, the lines between between business and and you know because when when the new world was being conquered right it was it was yeah it's for money and stuff right but the, the the lines you needed the military to support that and you needed right. yeah and you create yeah there was right. a, a narrative about yeah values or something yeah because like english colonialism was about trade mm-hmm. right but then that needed a strong military backing in order to establish you know a lot of those relationships and stuff like that and to exploit those relationships. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and and you could you could even argue now, right? Like like we need the military to protect trade routes and on the sea and all Preach. those sort of things, you know. And so like that that line is very blurry. Yeah, and I think that that kind of perspective makes it makes it like a very interesting movie because ultimately like there's this kind of narrative of like the corporate overlords that are mm-hmm. like, you know, endangering humanity by trying to <laughs> um trying to harness all of these like weapons capabilities within this these aliens. Yeah. Uh and I think that there's something about that, like especially with me working with veterans, um, and especially veterans of like these recent wars, right? So we're talking about um Operation Enduring Freedom, Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation New Dawn. So that's like Iraq, Afghanistan, and then the global war on terror. So when we're talking about these wars specifically, it is um, the private market actually has a lot of stake in these wars. And we're continuing to kind of shift to more private contractors Mm -hmm. and use of private contractors. And there's a lot of reasons for that. One of the reasons is like, um, and a lot of folks don't really understand how little um, military members get paid for their deployments, especially their combat deployments. Um, You're not getting rich. Right. And people think, oh, you're risking your life, so you're going to get rich, um, which would make sense, in my opinion. I think they should get paid <laughs> a lot better, a lot better than they do. Yeah, um, they do pump a lot of money into that. Right? Yeah, we spend a lot on defense, but not on the actual um, service members. So when service members are over there and they're working with military contractors, and the military contractor, you find out, you know, served a couple years in the military and then transitioned to, like, you know, Blackwater or Halliburton or something and is making, like really good money, Mm -hmm. right? So there's an incentive for folks to make that transition after they have military experience. Got it. Right? Because the military is not actually taking care of them in the same way that they would get taken care of by these other corporations. The problem is that those corporations are not held to the same kind of, like, laws as the military. And they're ultimately being paid by the military anyways, right? Absolutely. Because they're being contracted by the military. Absolutely. So it's military money that's going to... (laughs) Yeah, I'm telling you, it's a mess, man. It's a mess. And, like... And there's a lot of other reasons, too. Like, you know, some of, like, the government facilities that were put up, like, the showers and everything like that, and the food, like, wasn't safe. Hmm. Um, And so people have a little bit more latitude if they work for private contractors. The other thing is, like, there's a lot of money to be made, and there's a lot of exploitation to be done with the contractors. And um, I'm sure, you know, everybody who's vaguely familiar with this will know, like, of all of the scandals, um, of, like, the extrajudicial killings and the, like, terrible things that contractors have done. Um, And it's it's a very interesting transition that we're in now because we're getting more and more into private contractors. And that also kind of brings in this question in my field of, like, how is this actually impacting the individual? And, And how is... 
how is this going to impact the folks that are actually serving and involved in these conflicts? And so for this, for um, aliens, it was a little bit different because um, they had like a marine unit attached to mm -hmm. this this. Um, I guess like the marine unit was going with Ripley to see if the um, the colony was still alive, right? Yeah. On this moon where the aliens were. Yeah, they'd lost contact with the with the colony, and Ripley signed on because she asked the company guy specifically. Um, we're going out there to kill these things, right? Like, I'm only signing on because we're going to destroy these things. We're assuming that they've attacked the colony, the, the colonists? Yeah. Um, and uh, we're going to destroy these things. Right. Right. Um, which ends up not actually being their, <laughs> their, yeah. their goal. Right. Um, but the Marine unit that's attached is, um, it's like a very, so I come from a Marine family, like a U.S. Marine Corps family. And I, um... And so I'm, like, a little sensitive to, like, these, like, kind of tropes about the Marine Corps. I think most of them are hilarious, but um, <laughs> but there's this idea that people in the Marine Corps, like, they're often, there's often this, like, really brutal joke that says, like, oh, infantrymen in the, in the Army and Marines are uh, cannon fodder, hmm. right? There's this idea that, like, they just go in, they're just brutes, they go in and kill stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and... And I think that that's, there's a little bit more <laughs> to the Marine Corps than that. Yeah. A lot more. And I think, um, and the aliens kind of unit definitely did have like a, a Marine Corps vibe, right? Of like, we're going to do it. We're yeah. brave. We're going to, we're going to face it. We're not scared. Yeah. We know how to operate our weapons. We're going to face whatever it is, right? Yeah. Vasquez in Vasquez, the classic right. line is like, I don't need to know about them. Just tell me where they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is like kind of a classic kind of marine kind of. Uh, if there was yeah, if yeah. there was a joke about marines, it would be that right. Right. Yeah. And there's lots. They of play yeah. They really beef up the sort of uh, the uh, their their intensity and and, yeah. and their their eagerness to yeah. like really get in the thick of things. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think it's a for sure it's a it's a product of the 80s yeah but sure. also part of uh, the, the aliens aliens had a lot of attitude it was mm -hmm. like uh you know it was very flamboyant i think as a movie mm -hmm. um just a lot of big characters and that kind of thing and so yeah 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 it was fun and i i think it's interesting to think about horror in the view of like combat mm-hmm um, or in like a military kind of perspective. Mm -hmm. I really like that because I think a lot of like our real life horror does happen in these venues, right? A lot of horrific things happen. <clears throat> so it's kind of interesting to have that perspective and then to have, um, you know, Ripley be a lieutenant and kind of navigate the hierarchy. I thought the hierarchy was also important because the individual that was from the company who wanted to make the decision to like keep the aliens alive yeah. and transport them, um, he actually didn't have rank, so rank was pulled on him. Right. So that he couldn't make the decisions, which I think is, yeah. He like still skirted. Yeah, yeah, he still skirted it. But, yeah. And I think the tricky part in Aliens, too, was that the, um, the, the company guy probably had rank over the artificial persons. 
Right, right. And so they didn't want to carry any specimens back, but he was like, we gonna do it. And then Robot Man dude had to be like, we're gonna do it. Right. Right. And I like that play, too, just a subtle play of, like, Ripley not trusting the first one because he screwed them over, and then this one ultimately saves them. Being a good guy, yeah. Yeah. So that was... And I think that goes to play off of, actually, uh, we haven't watched the third one or the fourth one, but but I've seen Prometheus and, uh, I think, uh, Alien... Versus Predator? Not versus Predator. It's uh, the Covenant? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. non, the non like mashup ones, but gotcha. the Prometheus and Covenant. Um, one of the main characters, I think, is the Fastbender character, um, is like set up as like not the is like the untrustworthy. And this is not a spoiler because they don't. Gotcha. But yeah, no, I, I just found that fascinating. Yeah, yeah, that is really interesting. I thought the motherhood. So I also want to talk about kind of like this like motherhood idea with uh, Ripley and Newt. Mm-hmm. So they find Newt. <laughs> they find Newt and uh, Newt's this little girl who is has survived the colony she's the only survivor yep um, and and I kind of had I noticed and I get this way too because um, I'm I'm just like kind of sensitive to this stuff but I I get this way with movies where they're kind of portraying like the mama bear kind of trope you know mm. like this like oh mom's gonna give everything for the baby kind of storyline. Mm. Um, and, of course, that's like a great story. I get it. And also, like, for me, it was kind of hard to see this character that went, she was kind of, like, powerful in her own right, and then have her be, like, powerful, you know, to save a kid, like a little girl. I don't know. There was just some, like, it was great, but there was this kind of like motherhood kind of angle that I wasn't vibing with. Mm. And, and I think that with, um, there's with other movies like that too, like Gravity, um, the one with Sandra Bullock. I haven't seen that one. Um, I feel like there's these stories and, and with women sometimes like the story becomes about their relationship with, with like caring for right. others instead of them. Right. And so I just am like, like I kind of bristled at that a little bit. I mean, it was great and it's like a, a timeless story, you know, the, the adult trying to protect the child and all of that um but i'm just like a little women and children first but then what about the women (laughs) no but like the women though like that's their story i know exactly so so it was great and and i love uh i love how badass sigourney weaver was in both of them um like super tough uh yeah yeah um, sorry, I, I totally derailed you from talking about the combat trauma stuff because that was oh, yeah. like where you were headed. But right, um, and we, you know, of course, we did want to. Actually, the last thing about the 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 the, the motherhood thing is I did like how you know the, at the end of Aliens though it was like mom versus mom, right? Because I know that was great. Ripley You're is, right. That was great. Ripley is getting in between um, between New and and the queen xenomorph morph yeah. or whatever it is right mm-hmm. and she because she's laying the eggs and then ripley's like you know um i don't know she's cooking the eggs <laughs> yeah. I know, yeah. and, the, 
and uh, Mama Xenomorph is uh, pissed, and and so it's like a it is mom a, versus mom situation. yeah mom versus mom situation, and of course you know like there's all the stuff that you've said, but then it's. It's it's it also kind of cool. You know, it was just <laughs> oh, like, yeah, it is. like a couple of bad bitches just going after it. And I like, know. Uh, yeah, man, fuck it. Ripley is cold in this movie. She, is she cold. like doesn't she doesn't care, and she's I like, know. all right, like she like goes she goes uh, she 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 goes like uh, not toe to toe, but whatever the phrase is, like she goes in equally with like the the, the marines, right? And yeah. she kind of like like shakes the some sense into him often too you know? yeah it's and like, she saves them yeah. too the other thing i like about ripley's kind of character is that it wasn't it it wasn't a utilitarian kind of perspective that she had it was like a nope i'm gonna save these people like no nope, yeah. nope i'm gonna save them i'm yeah. gonna save them i'm gonna go get these marines out and they're like there's no chance and she's like well yeah like i'm gonna do it yeah and and uh there was a one scene in the very beginning where she is getting kind of familiarized with the crew and the the crew i think rightfully so is kind of like who is this you know like what is she doing here um and she's also kind of a no bullshit so she's not trying to please anybody right um but then they their their tasks get split up and then she she in her own way shows like no i can do the work yeah like i i'm here I'll, i'll chip in right i don't i'm not gonna play nice but but I'm gonna chip in. I'm gonna do the work. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Because in the first part of the movie, they make her seem very like no, like I'm, they're not self interested, but I don't care about you. Right. Um, right. I'm just there to fuck some aliens up. Right. But I think she does show like it, it does show the the sort of side of her that's like I give a shit about people. Yes. And that was I think really well done actually. Me too. Yeah. yeah. So the combat trauma part, I think, because that's, um, it's a lot of what I work with day to day at my job is combat trauma. And I think, um, trauma can be really different. I think there's a huge difference between experiencing, you know, one traumatic event and experiencing like a hundred. There's also a difference between experiencing like combat trauma in your life and no other traumas and experiencing like prolonged trauma every day Mm. right so all of these different things trauma kind of stacks on top of itself Mm. so oftentimes like and you'll probably you'll see this probably with family and friends but like sometimes when when one person passes away even if it's like a like a celebrity or something um it can kind of bring up people's feelings about loss and grief and life and mortality right so it's in the same way that trauma kind of does that. It stacks on top of each other. So once you have one traumatic event, it kind of brings up all your trauma, right? Mm. And then the next like kind of trauma that you have, you can do a lot to like process it and change kind of how your body responds to it and all of that good stuff. But it could also like shake things up, right? When you have another trauma. So in thinking about like these Marines, one of the Marines said like, this is my first like combat right right because they have like 37 simulated ones yeah realize like this is their first time yes they babies i know i know and then the rest of them were kind of like oh wow like this is a big thing for him because we have had like we've gone through this experience we kind of know like how it can go south we've experienced that trauma and we're more prepared for it now which is also a completely valid trauma response i think sometimes you know people can become hyper responsible or hyper focused 
Um, sometimes in tra traumatic experiences, especially if you've like experienced a lot of them, you can become like hyperproductive actually and hyperfunctional. Mm. Um, and that is because your body's like, okay, I'm gonna snap into action now, and we got to get shit done, right? So there's a lot of different ways that you can respond, but also, you know, Ripley is coming off of lots of traumas. Um, she's coming off of uh, being asleep for 57 years in the second movie, right? Sorry, that's the rice cooker. It's a very happy rice cooker. <laughs> I like it. It's a very happy sound. So Ripley's coming off of like everything that happened in the first movie, and then being asleep for 57 years, which in itself is a trauma, right? She has to wake up and reorient herself. Okay, I, yeah. I, I, um, that's not how I would have thought. Not to say I disagree, but like yeah. that, I hadn't, that hadn't occurred to me. Yeah, so if... Cause I think that in itself is very traumatic, not only because, like, people that she knew are probably dead. Right. Right? Um, and I think in the extended version of the movie, they talk about how she had a child that had died. Um, and that was kind of cut from the release. Um, but all of these things, right? Like, she's... It's a different world now. Yeah. Like, if you go to sleep and you wake up and it's, like, 60 years later. Right. There's going to be so much that you don't understand. There's going to be so much that doesn't make sense to you. You're going to have to kind of rebuild your idea of how to exist in social society. Right. And kind of... Even who you are who you in are, relation to that. Okay. And how, like, all of your relationships are gone now. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, it's very traumatic. And then for her to go from that to being thrust into, like, another combat situation, right? Right. <laughs> Going so, straight back to the... Straight where back. Where she was... Yeah. Which I think, you know... Something that we saw a lot with Vietnam era veterans um, is when Vietnam era veterans came back, they were treated awfully. And the VA and the government failed them completely. Like, they didn't offer, we didn't talk about PTSD, we didn't really talk about like mental health care in the same way um, that we do now, even though now it's still very inadequate. Um, so it was, they were kind of left on their own. So, what a lot of folks did, like, there was obviously a lot of a variety of side effects of trauma that people experienced in the war in Vietnam. But when Americans came back, um, often something that people would do would become like very focused on their work, mm. like very work centric. So they work like a m bunch of hours every day. They would work really hard their whole life, like build this life for themselves and then retire. And then at like 65 or 66 or 67 or whatever, um, they would have like a complete, like, oh, kind of like all of their trauma would come up. Yeah. And part of the reason for that is because like when we try to stay busy to distract ourselves from what's going on internally. Mm -hmm. So whether we stay busy or not, whether we think about it consciously or not, it's there and it's not going anywhere. Mm. So it, it can affect kind of how we make decisions throughout our life, but it can stay dormant. And then, like, if you have either another trauma or even a time where you have more time on your hands to think and to be, you know, with yourself, all of that trauma can come up. And so maybe somebody who hasn't had nightmares before starts having nightmares every night where they're screaming or throwing things or getting up mm. in the night. You know what I mean? And so people get really shocked, like, understandably, right? That yeah. they have all these symptoms and it's been, you know, however long since the war. Yeah. So... I say that to say, like, Ripley has been hyperfunctional through a lot of trauma. And I wonder, and if this was real life, if she slowed down, what would happen to her? Right. And, like, how she would experience things. She did have some nightmares, but it was yeah. f also from specifically seeing baby alien 
come out of someone. Pop out of people's chests. I mean, yeah, that's not going to give you nightmares, honestly. I don't know what would. But yeah. They are pretty cute, though. Are they? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nightmares are, um, nightmares are really, they, well, they can be really painful. They can be a really good indication of kind of what your subconscious is trying to process. Um, so oftentimes things that don't make sense to us, our brain tries to figure it out while we're sleeping. And so that's why a lot of times we can have nightmares or we relive traumatic events that have happened and try to fix it. Um, because a really difficult thing about how our brain processes traumatic events is that it gets kind of stuck in our head. Mm -hmm. So in a way, and there's a lot of like biological kind of foundation for this too, that we know how the brain functions and it actually like doesn't process these events. Mm. Um, and so what it tries to do, um, which can be really traumatic is or really hard for the individual is it tries to say, okay, let's think through how we could have survived this situation right. or let's think through how we could do it differently or let's catch every threat before it gets to that point now, mm -hmm. you know? So you're living in this like very hypervigilant, very keyed up situation and you're trying to protect yourself from something that's already happened. Right. Right. Got it. Mm -hmm. So your body is really trying to protect yourself from something that you've already endured and that it doesn't need to protect you from it anymore, but it doesn't stop. And so that's why people get like really low energy. They can get really lethargic because when your body's keyed up all the time, mm. it takes, it zaps your energy. Right. It takes a lot of energy to be that hyper-focused, right? So some people with a lot of trauma might have like symptoms like they have ADHD. Like it's hard to focus, hard uh, to stay on task, okay. things like that because yeah. it takes so much energy up and so much brain power to cope with if you're not like getting treatment. Yeah. So while um, Ripley was like very, very hyper-focused and I think often what we see in movies is people being like very either like very productive or like uh, capable in these situations, right? Yeah. Um, that might not be 100% real life. And if you're in a traumatic situation, you might not actually react that way and that's okay. I mean, yeah. so much of it is biological and based on our experience. So Ripley's lucky that she got out. She's yeah. also such a badass. Yeah. And she should probably call a therapist when she gets back. I mean, highly recommend. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I've seen bits and pieces of like the Alien franchise, mm -hmm. and I am excited to kind of like complete. Yeah. All of it. I think we'll work through three and four, yeah. and then I'm down to rewatch uh, Prometheus and uh, Alien Covenant, and then maybe we'll dabble in the. Uh, Alien versus Predator ones and AVP's pretty that. solid. Yeah. I mean I saw that when I was a kid. Yeah. Um cool. So who were you in these movies? Oh my gosh. Um Bill Paxton in Alien. In Aliens, the second one. Who's that? He was what was it? Holden, I think his name was or something? He was the um or Hol Holbert. He was the one that was panicking. Uh, it's like, we're all going <laughs> Actually, funny that you mentioned Holden. I thought the first, I thought Alien was a really, probably a really good blueprint for the Expanse show or yes. the, the book series, which we're both a big fan of. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, they, it, it edges on to sci-fi horror, but just even, you know, um, corporate 
corporate work. Political did, like, stuff. Yeah, dealing with, and then stumbling into a, a distress signal and then unleashing the alien sort of scourge onto humanity is yes. so on point. And, you know, again, also highly recommend The Expanse. Again, not really super horror, but... No. One, no thriller. One of the best sci-fi series franchises in recent memory, I think. Bam. Um, books are great. Um, and the show is excellent. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And that's a good point, too, because I feel like Alien was, like, the, the, the forerunner for a lot of different things. I think it influenced a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it, yeah, I don't think enough can be said about it being a sci-fi horror. Yes, because I love it. Sci-fi sometimes is sci-fi, and they have aliens, and they can be scary. But they really, I think, use a lot of. I, I guess ultimately, I would class it still as a sci-fi. But they used so many good horror techniques mm-hmm. to really make it creepy and make you really scared of xenomorphs. 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 And to really make you scared of it. Yeah. Um, and um, and I think that's. Partly why it's, it has a place in sort of the sci-fi alien type of um, canon. Um, I think you're right. And it, it, it does a really good job, yeah. Who are you in the movie? Uh, I really liked... I think his name is... Uh, uh, I forgot what his name is, but he's the marine guy that survives at the end. Yeah. Of this of aliens. Yeah. He's because crazy. he's sort of stuck sometimes. Yeah. Because he's like, I gotta do things by the book. Mm-hmm. But then also, he was able to make the right decision. At, I think at the right times. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to hope that I'm that type of person, but I tend to be a rule follower. Yeah. Um, and and so I, I kind of related to that where it's like, uh, but it'd be best if we just follow the rules. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And and that's just for me personally, yeah. I like that too because that's actually like that's a really big kind of military perspective too. Mm-hmm. So a lot of like um, service members um, might get really anxious if they're late mm-hmm. or if like they're not following something directly yeah. if they have like combat experience yeah. because part of like what's drilled into you in combat is that um, if you don't follow the rules, people die. Right. Right? So there's this, like, really heavy emphasis on, like, we have to yeah. do things by protocol because protocol was developed for these crazy situations that none of us know how to function in. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Some framework. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Again, I forgot his name, but dude that survives at the end. Yeah, he's, he's dope. But, um, Yeah. Don't forget to tune in to our next one. Um, We're thinking about maybe doing a Rob Zombie movie. Yeah, That's on the table. Um, And again, feel free to hit us up on Twitter or Instagram if you have any recommendations or even requests. Yeah. We'd love it. We'd love any requests. Mm -hmm. Uh, But until next time, sweet dreams. Sweet dreams, all.